0: Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're gonna be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma, and support, and most importantly, some of your very own personal stories. We're gonna be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our wellbeing as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests We'll be able to show you, you're not alone out there. These are not real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down.
1: So many people suffer from mental illness.
0: To get the word out that men have got to start talking.
1: So I told everything and her face dropped.
0: A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate, yeah. You know. It's
1: difficult dealing with our minds and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's it's all in your
0: head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Ahoy and welcome to the podcast and to episode 214. I hope you are well out there. I hope things are going okay for you. We are, I feel like we. this must be sort of spring weather here in the UK. We. we it's kind of cloudy but not cold. It's, it's quite cold when the wind blows. It's a little bit sunny sometimes. It's random. That is British weather all over. Um, yes, I hope you are well. I hope things are going okay for you. I think there's so many different things going on in the world um at the moment and it can be important to kind of take a step back sometimes so i hope you'll be able to kind of look after yourself and and give yourself a little bit of time and care um over the last couple of weeks as well in this episode i am delighted to be joined by another new guest catherine is with us today and we're going to be talking about uh, a few different things but particularly about uh kind of emotions and the impact that they can have on us we're going to be talking about uh, Mia the musical um, a little bit about borderline personality disorder and a few kind of linked or related talking points as well Uh, we're also going to be obviously talking about some of the lockdown restrictions and kind of the impacts that they've had on us recently Um, it was a really interesting conversation I think following up from from last week's episode as well where we spoke with um, Katie about kind of the the impact of uh, kind of songwriting and, and a musical performance I think this was a really nice conversation to follow follow that up with there's kind of similarities between um, some of the conversations that we have but they also go in very different directions so it was really nice to be able to to kind of sit down with Catherine straight after um, having spoken to Katie last week so a massive thank you to Catherine for coming on and for, for letting us know a little bit more about Mia the musical and the different ways we can potentially kind of find out about the musical get involved and support it um, as well um, so it's really interesting to kind of have those conversations but also a huge thank you to her for, for sharing her own lived experience for her own insights um, yeah it's, it's still feels like such a privilege to be able to host these conversations and to have people come on and, and share their own insights so a big thank you to Catherine for for coming on and doing that i really hope you guys all love this episode love hearing from Catherine. please do remember to kind of go and look for the links um find out more about me and the musical and if you are interested yourself uh maybe becoming a podcast guest in the future you can find information about the podcast over at open bc.com until then, I hope you enjoy this episode, I hope your week is going well, and I really do look forward to speaking to you again very soon. It's really nice to to sit down with you and to have this opportunity to talk and hear a little bit more about what's going on for you, but kind of first off, I guess, just to hear how the last few days or the last week has been for you. Um,
1: yeah, they've been okay. Um, they kind of blur into one eventually, and so... Um, uh, yeah I've been alright um, I think everyone's kind of struggling with their mental health at the moment, everyone's kind of struggling with how how peculiar a time we're living in at the moment I was talking with my dad earlier on about how we he had to clear out his office and he he remembers he went in there and he got a pair of shoes that he'd left there and he was like we thought we'd only be gone a couple of weeks Mm. and here we are nearly a year later
0: it's so it's so strange when you have that almost like that return to a location i guess and you just think like you say
1: exactly so yeah but lockdown life has changed changed massively for well it's changed the world really um but for me like when i first when i when i first went into lockdown i had a job i had loads of different things going for me and yeah like lockdown life kind of changed that and so i don't i wouldn't say for the better for the worse it's just changed completely so yeah um so unfortunately that that doesn't really answer your question (laughs) um um, yeah i've been i've been all right i've been all right um i'll be so much better when restrictions are lifted but good so far
0: good so far that's good that's good yeah I think it has like you say it's been a massive shift and I think it's really important to recognize there have been challenges and struggles and real negative things around the last year but also there have been some massive positives as well And I think it's holding on to some of those and the amount of people I've sort of mentioned kind of online meetings and trainings and things like that I've just said over the last year I've attended more meetings I've had more conversations I've received more training than I ever would have been able to um so it's holding on to to some of those things as well isn't it I think
1: so true like now now what's what's the excuse for not for meeting someone like obviously you can't go out and meet them so why not have a zoom meeting so everyone's using zoom everyone's using skype everyone's using whatever Mm. um so yeah what what excuse do we have no one's doing anything (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, I think, <laughs> yeah, it's just was it the other day I, I said to someone I was like if I'm being completely honest I wouldn't have come to this before <laughs> I said because it was like a 40 minute conversation um and I said it would have taken me about half an hour to get here half an hour to go back um and then because of the time of day it was it was sort of around I think it was around lunchtime I was like I would have bought food while I, I said just like the cost of the time and the money I, I wouldn't have come to this but because it's online and I can go it's one minute to. I will now sit down and log in and it's finished and I can leave <laughs> it's, um,
1: so true. it's so true and the whole thing of like okay fine I've got to put my especially for, for me as a woman I feel like I put my face put makeup on and feel better for having being on a zoom call which sounds ridiculous, but (laughs) I don't wear makeup usually. And so I'm just like, you know what? You know what? Someone's going to see me today. Why not? Why not? I'll make myself look nice.
0: (laughs) Is it keeping... Do you feel like that... Is it keeping, like, part of that routine, I guess, of getting ready to be... I don't know, kind of go out into the world, I guess?
1: I'm such a lazy bitch. And so (laughs) I, I, I will... Get, get up wake up in pajamas and get changes to other pajamas just because i'm like well i don't want to wear the same pajamas but i also don't want to wear clothes so here we go change it to the next set of pajamas <laughs> just because the, the, i'm just so lazy when it, it comes to things like this and so um well when i first when lockdown first started i was kind of like i don't really care how i look but it got to a point where i was like i actually need something just to kind of go like you're not becoming a decrepit monster over lockdown you you are looking okay you are taking care of yourself like that sort of thing um and and yeah it was just something just to kind of make me go okay um I'm very good at napping during the day Mm -hmm. and so especially when I'm wearing makeup I'm like well you can't nap you've got makeup on that sort of thing (laughs) It was almost like a little bit of an incentive to keep going throughout the day so yeah um yeah it was just it was just kind of just having something a little bit special to go like yeah it's not the mundane it's not the usual day it's kind of it's a bit nicer
0: yeah it's getting used to that isn't it and the the difference between i guess as we hopefully sort of see those restrictions drop down now getting used to kind of mixing between kind of probably more home working than we were doing before but also starting to go out again i mean i've already got caught out with um i've got jeans that now are only really appropriate for home <laughs> like they are, let's just say You've they're got quite worn
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah the problem yeah. is there's only one pair of jeans that can leave the house so i'm kind of at that level where yeah going back out into kind of whatever regular life is will require some new purchases
1: i, <laughs> I know right that's it that's the thing about being at home it's just like well it it can be like the top half is business and the bottom half is
0: yeah it's, yeah.
1: it's like casual but then all of a sudden you have to go out but I think some people do feel better for that they feel better for going like oh you know what I actually want to dress up I want yep. to go out and do stuff most of the time I mean sometimes it does help me but most of the time I'm just like comfort it's like key over everything like if I don't feel comfortable then I'm not going to be happy in myself
0: mm. Um
1: so yeah I guess I guess it's different for different people um, it's whatever works for you.
0: I think so yeah and I think um, it's interesting kind of talking about different projects and how things have changed over the last year because kind of when we originally started talking you had a I imagine a timeline in in mind for the some of the work that you were doing and that's probably shifted a little bit so I guess before we jump on to that just to hear a little bit about um, yourself Catherine and kind of where some of the stuff that we're going to start to talk about is has come from and where that's originated.
1: So um uh for those for those who don't know me I don't imagine many of you many people do um uh uh so I worked as an actor for years um I had like a few roles like i've i've been on the crown i've had a speaking role on the crown like series three um like literally two lines um i played a serial killer on tv um and
0: yeah
1: yeah oh i was on um britain's most evil killers playing um joanna denehy who had like star tattoo on her face and stuff so um i played her twice apparently i just really look like her Um, and she her pen pals have have e- have sent me emails saying how much they do not like how i betrayed her so so i was just like ah okay cool nice thanks thanks <laughs> um but i kind of went away from the acting side and went more into like, the writing and producing side which i really love doing i love doing that side because you kind of get to be a bit more creative in your storytelling and you have a bit more control over over what you are telling people whereas as an actor you're using someone else's lines um and so when lockdown started I wasn't planning on doing anything with it so I kind of just thought oh I'd done some writing in the past great um But when lockdown started, I started uh, writing a musical uh, with help from two songwriters, Sheridan Lloyd and Joseph Petura Riley, both absolutely amazing songwriters who um, basically put music to the lyrics that I wrote. And it's a musical about mental health and it's called Mia the Musical.
0: Where did um, kind of that original idea come from? Because I think there's a really interesting kind of journey you've mentioned there to kind of jumping yeah. from almost sort of in front of the camera to to behind it and to directing something. Um, yeah. But we've also mentioned some quite, I would imagine, quite serious roles that you've taken on and um, kind of performed in to then jump into something that is also quite serious, but maybe in a slightly different way there's there's been a journey there
1: oh massively massively i mean um the reason i actually got into the writing side was because i decided after after getting some of the hate mail from uh the serial killers pen pals which it's not a sentence every every person can say. And I laugh about it now, but I hated it at the time. It was like quite traumatic. And they weren't mm-hmm. even saying anything that bad. So I really sympathise with like social media stars and like all these people who get hate mail and stuff. Um like I can't even imagine how they do it. But um but yeah after that I kind of went you know what well, I need to get a step away from that I don't know what I want to do but I want to do something different so I went to study criminology psychology social justice and that was so interesting and one of the things we have to, we had to do had to do a work placement and so I approached a anti-trafficking modern slavery um, charity and they found out about how I'd worked as an actor and they were like okay so if you're an actor you'll be able to write won't you and I was like oh, that's really exactly how it works but okay um I was like I'll give it a go I'll give it a go worst case scenario I'll help direct it I don't mind doing that sort of thing um or I can help star in it or whatever um and that was the first time I just sat down and wrote, and. wrote i used people's the stories of people who had actually experienced like cases of modern slavery and human trafficking Mm. and i incorporated their stories into they were basically like four monologues but they were like melded together and it was a really interesting piece and so eventually um I put I put that on received amazing feedback and I had like feedback from people saying ah oh, so this is what you're meant to do and I was like oh is it <laughs> is it like is it that good really um and so yeah it was and then from there I kind of just didn't do anything with it for a little while because I was just like you know what get a real job get a proper job like I get as, as a creative person you get you get all the time get a proper job because what you're doing is a hobby which is not true at all um but yeah so but when when um the, the lockdown started we I kind of felt like okay I need to do something creative because I was doing a job which really tested my mental health I was making befriending calls to people who were lonely so so socially isolated and there were people telling me some really horrific things and there was not a risk assessment done there was not any um there weren't any guidelines in place so it meant that I was dealing with it all on my own Hmm. and my mental health really struggled um and so I just I remember thinking to myself what would it be like if I could just shut off my emotions and that's how we got the idea for mia um because she is a woman who feels nothing except for when someone donates an emotion to her and so i was just like okay what emotion would i give away and like and then it started just like developing from there and um created quite a unique idea
0: <laughs> yeah i think that so. i think that is one of the things kind of reading through thinking oh that sounds a bit like and then going actually no it doesn't sound anything like that and it's it's you sort of see oh there's there's bits that have similarities to different things but then also they are so vastly different because like you say it's such a, a kind of a unique idea and I think one of the reasons why I feel like there are similarities is also because it's probably something that a lot of people think about of like you say of being able to to do this um maybe not necessarily with the donations but like you say of of having no emotion or struggling with all emotions and I think um, I also say it's probably part of some of the conversations that some people would have had particularly if this is an area you're interested in um, and I think that's where it feels similar not actually in relation to anything else other than conversations you've had with people
1: so, I've had a lot of people compare it to things like um the idea to things like Inside Out, um like the Disney film where mm. it's kind of like there are different emotions. Because um one thing when I when I was really struggling with my mental health, I struggled to identify what I was feeling. So I had like a graph, mm. which is like a pie chart of all the emotions, and they all boil down to I think it's five or six emotions, and so anything you feel will boil down to either anger sadness excitement happiness and fear I believe is the other one (laughs) so um and so anything you're feeling it comes it boils down to those those feelings and so I thought it was quite interesting like that it boiled down to that and um yeah I think that's quite that's like illuminated a lot in things like um uh inside out and that sort of thing but yeah i think it is something that especially as someone like myself i suffer with uh well i was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder 11 years ago and so my emotions go on like from 0 to 100 very quickly so um i struggle quite a lot with that and i get told that i'm over emotional and all that kind of stuff so for me, it was kind of like based on those experiences of, okay, am I over emotional? Am I actually like this? How do you turn your feelings off? If mm. for me, I feel like I'm I'm acting really rationally when I when I react to an emotion, but am I not? Like it was, it's it's one of those things.
0: It is, isn't it? And I think it's really interesting. Um when people talk about it I think often they will talk about it in a like a light switch mentality of like I do this or I feel this and I don't um and I I very much feel like I don't know it feels a bit of a widespread thing to say all but at the very least most things are on a, a spectrum and we will you know some people are going to be more affected by different things but by acknowledging that it sits on a spectrum. It, it it sort of says, well, although that's something that you may struggle with, it's something that I am affected by to some extent. Maybe a really, really small amount, but I think yeah. it sort of breaks some of that kind of stigmatization around certain things, uh, certain reactions to to things. Um, and so that was one of the things that kind of drew me in. Is like you've almost gone really in on that of going, okay, so there's you, you, the way that you speak about it. Let's see how that actually would play out. Um, because I think that's probably how people think they are, when actually it's not. It's like, no, you you are experiencing these other things. They're just maybe to a lesser extent than the person you're comparing yourself to.
1: That's exactly it. And it kind of became it also became something where I kind of started thinking about what is a good emotion and what's a bad emotion. Because when um when I'm happy, I can be a bit it becomes a bit like manic Mm. and thing is um when it's happening I get quite anxious about it because I'm like okay I'm on this high and I know I'm going to drop down I know that there's going to be a drop it's like it's like going up a roller coaster and you know there's going to be that downward thing and it's kind of exciting but also a bit like okay I know that down's going to happen and so but but when I'm at that that high Mm. no one thinks of it as a bad thing because I'm active I'm doing things but I'm overdoing things and it and then the next day or when whenever the drop happens um all of a sudden I'm like oh my gosh I'm just exhausted and people are like oh for goodness sake like you're being overdramatic oh why why are you like this just go and have a run you'll feel better and it's just like or <laughs> whatever whatever they say and um and yeah but yet all the emotions have their purpose like like i remember a therapist saying to me that um if you're like if you're stressed or you're anxious or you're fearful that's what's kept people alive for years mm-hmm. because they were looking out for dangers that sort of thing um, and like almost premeditating okay so if this happens this is what I need to do so it's kept people alive for for however many years people have been walking around on the on the earth so mm-hmm. it's it's in the context of things it's not a, it, it, maybe if we were talking about someone going to the shops tomorrow someone getting anxious about that it's not necessarily a bad thing because they're premeditating what might happen. It's just when it gets taken to that extreme that all mm. of a sudden it's like, okay, you need, you need to um, rationalize this a bit, but it's difficult. And I wish I, I wish I had an answer to go like, and this is what you need to do. But no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think it's, there's a couple of bits. There. I think it's really interesting when you're talking about kind of the, like the highs and the lows, of people kind of recognizing the lows and going oh there's a problem here try and do this and it's like actually there was also a problem with the high but you don't perceive that as a problem because it looks it's presented as something that is deemed more favorable um and i think yeah that's probably part of of the conversations that we're not quite having yet of we're sort of trying to encourage people to recognize and start conversations Um, And I always try and talk about change. Change Change is a prompt, doesn't mean something has happened. But there's a possibility that something has happened that has resulted in a change. And then if you're looking for change, you start to draw back from the idea of, I'm looking for something, what, what are you presenting with that's negative, or that I perceive as negative. Um, because like you say, it could be that someone is really like becomes more chatty, more outgoing, spending more money, maybe they're kind of taking more risks and you're like, Oh, they seem so cool. Um yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
1: like, and, but actually there are people out there who um have to tell their banks about any mental health conditions that they have because they will withdraw their money and give their money to people. Yeah. Um, and so and whilst that's a wonderful thing to do if you can. That means you've got no money, then you need to be aware of these things. And like it's just it's just one of those things where um I think we're a very overworked culture. And um I'm I'm one of those people. I overwork myself, I push myself to an absolute limit. But having said that, um people don't recognise that because they're like, Oh, you're working so hard, you're doing so much, oh my gosh, like what a star! And it's like is it if I'm not taking care of myself is it a good thing um so yeah it's it was really interesting to look at it from that sense of like okay what is good what is good and what is a bad emotion like Mm. um because with this um person who feels with this with the show the Mia who feels nothing has never experienced happiness until one day she sent some happiness and She's like, but why would anyone give happiness away? So she's never felt anything like this before. And all of a sudden she's like, okay, I had no idea anyone could feel this. And um and it kind of prompts a conversation of like, why would someone give happiness away? And um I won't spoil anything, but you you have to go and see the show. (laughs) You have to see. Um, but yeah, it's the whole thing of like, why would anyone give their happiness away? And why do people cling to happiness more? Um uh is there a particular reason for that? Um yeah, it kind of just it 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 every time I think about it, I get more questions than answers.
0: <laughs> I think that shows kind of the insight and the interest though, doesn't it? Of like, oh there's different avenues that you can go down with that. Um I'm really interested because you mentioned having your own lived experience with with a mental health illness and how that's kind of overlapped with um, kind of leading a project that is very much focused on mental health. Um, How has that felt kind of sharing maybe an insight into your own experience or to the way that you might think at certain times? That must be quite a challenge to sort of openly share that.
1: For me personally, it's not that much of a challenge because one thing I do, which I've recognised that I do, I overshare. So um, I like, I'm, especially when it comes to things like relationships, um, that's the main place where I struggle, um, more romantic relationships because I put everything out on the table because I'm like, okay, if you don't like it, this is everything I have. Mm. If you don't like it, walk away now because then then I'll be okay I'll get Mm. over it quicker than if I'm invested Mm. and I'm just like I'm gonna put everything on the table and if you want to leave it's okay like that sort of thing so um there's some like there's some lovely abandonment issues that are going on there so um I laugh I laugh because otherwise I cry um (laughs) (laughs) but it's just um it's just one of those things where I'm kind of like I will put everything out there because fund, especially before I started therapy I thought there was fund- fundamentally something wrong with me so let me put everything out there and if they don't like me then at least I've put it out there and I'm not invested mm. um whereas like I, I did this even like at my last job I said it at the interview stage I was like uh, I didn't think the interview was going well so I was like okay I'm just gonna tell you everything like I I'm suffering with this I'm suffering with that and they're like okay so how would we help you with that and I'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> it was kind of like so you actually want to help me oh interesting okay um, uh, I have
0: yeah, not come prepared for that <laughs> I, like,
1: I was not prepared at all but okay cool cool um but yeah um but people have said that I'm brave for what I say I don't consider it to be brave and um, because it's just what I live with and the way i see it the more people i speak to about these things the more um knowledge there is about it because especially with things like bpd borderline um you have there's a real stigma attached to it um especially about people saying that we're manipulative we are controlling we are xyz um And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Maybe it is for some people, but I don't think that we are that way. I think that maybe we come across that way because um, for whatever reason, maybe we have abandonment issues. Maybe we have um, maybe we weren't able to express ourselves when we were younger. So those emotions come out now because when we were younger, we we're told not to have any emotions and now we feel free to have those emotions and it's almost like dealing with a toddler Mm. where they're kind of like I don't know how to control this so I'm going to have a tantrum so um yeah it's it's different for different people having said that but um yeah I I just think it's one of those things where you if you talk about it you lessen stigma and also I try and make sure that people are aware just in case I do have a breakdown, or something does happen that triggers me. I want someone to be aware of it, and so that I just so that I can go. Okay, you know what? Give me a minute. I'm just going to go have a breakdown in another room. Give me five, like <laughs> that sort of thing. So yeah, it's um, it's it's just trying to create an understanding about it.
0: Yeah, it it sets that context, doesn't it? And thank you for for kind of sharing that. I think it's it, like you say it's different for each person in each situation and i think um i've got my own experience with depression and probably a few other bits kind of sprinkled in um and when you were kind of talking through some of the conversations that you've had to have there it reminds me of a conversation i've had numerous times with my partner where i have to talk about this idea of kind of shared information um mm-hmm. where my my parents separated when i was quite young and it was not particularly pretty um so a lot of the time when there's any sort of information shared about oh one of us has got a new job or something has happened it's like okay you can't tell anyone until you're ready to tell everyone
1: and there's
0: a real sort of like I I don't kind of trust that I can tell this person and then wait two days to tell this person they've all got to be told at the same time they get told the same bit of information and that's it um (laughs) and it's those sort of conversations I think of Um, particularly with those people that sit around your kind of social circle whether that's colleagues or friends or family of understanding that I think very quickly once you're once you're not in crisis and you've kind of had a form of recovery whatever that looks like to you of being able to share some of that with your social circle because there will be things that are quite repetitive behaviours that you have and I think it also I don't know about you, but it kind of sets me at ease knowing that the person I'm mainly sharing that with understands as much as they can what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. They don't get it completely, but that's completely fine. And I think those conversations become really important. And it's another thing that's sort of left with um, kind of, I think we're still kind of quite actively discouraged from having those conversations until you get to crisis, which is why now we sort of think about like you said about um I'm worried if I get to a crisis moment and I haven't told someone and it's like I'd be interested to know whether you've sort of formed that opinion or whether it's because that has happened once and now you're conscious of it happening again
1: I mean um I mean for me um I the the reason I actually found out I had um borderline was because I got to crisis point and um and at the time um, I I was harming and so I was um I didn't tell my doctor about it and when um and we'd been seeing each other we'd been um I'd been going to the doctor every week and see each other every week and kind of especially as i was trying new medication the medication wasn't working with me and so i just went you know what if you don't do something i won't be here next week
0: hmm. and
1: she was like okay all right and so and she was talking on the phone and she was like okay um the patient isn't harming herself and i just went actually i am and she just went oh okay so she just informed me that she's harming herself and she hung up the phone she was like why didn't you tell me and i was like i didn't I didn't feel well for one thing for one thing she didn't ask like she asked the first session if she'd asked then I probably would have said something but there there you are um but I suddenly realized that how is anyone to know if I'm in that what I'm feeling without me saying something um and yeah and i guess kind of also in my head i'm still very much a child in the sense of like i have my inner child that still needs to be taken care of and i'm also parenting that inner child so it's like a mixture between being like an adult and a child Mm -hmm. where i'm kind of like children just want to tell you everything and they're just like i've got a cat it's like okay great whatever like we were talking about something else but cool um (laughs) yeah and so in my head I'm kind of like I just want to, I just want to tell people what's going on with me and um yeah I mean for me like I grew up in a very like stable family and I grew up my both my parents are still together and so part of me was kind of like okay there's obviously something wrong with me rather than mm. else but looking back over things like looking back over my life though there were things that not necessarily were trauma but they were traumatic Mm. so there were little things like that and um and I didn't talk about a lot of things for a long time and then when I eventually found my voice and went okay I can talk about these things now then it was just like okay okay so and and eventually the floodgates just opened so um, that's kind of where I am now but um yeah I didn't tell my family for like a long time that I even had BPD I just said that it was depression hmm. and um and so for a long time I had people saying like oh you shouldn't be taking that stuff you shouldn't be taking that medication um have you tried holistic stuff instead it's just like gosh Go on, holistically heal diabetes whilst you're at it. Like go on, Um, (laughs) and yeah. So, but it got to the point where I was like, no, it's it's a personality disorder. So this is why I'm taking it. And all of a sudden it was like, oh okay. Oh no, I didn't realise. And then it was just like, okay, they didn't bother me about that anymore. Mm. So there's a little bit of that as well. Um, But yeah, no. But I find that even though I Warn people about what's going on with me uh try and be as open as possible. there's still that sense of okay, they still are shocked when I do get into crisis point, which I find very um not i don't want to say upsetting but quite um quite um i I thought they understood in my mm. head I thought they understood mm.
0: that's sort of thing I think um I think that's really understandable um and I also think having kind of been a little bit on on sort of both sides of of that as being a person in crisis and also seeing it in other people I think there is an element of natural reaction that people have isn't there and we sort of say um oh if I I don't want to tell you because of your your reaction is going to be this and there is a a, an element of of I guess measurement there of you sort of want there to be some reaction because that person theoretically the reason why you are talking to them is because you have some sort of relationship Mm. and there's a rapport and they care about you and to hear that you are struggling with whatever it is um there is going to be some form of an impact it's it's the gap sometimes isn't it where the shocked kind of almost doesn't give way to the compassion afterwards of going oh that's really scary I'm really sorry you're going through that and yeah. that's sort of yeah. where it stops rather than going like is there anything I can do or or just like yeah. thank you for sharing that with me it's, it's sometimes there's a, a little bit of a disconnect because um maybe because that conversation hasn't happened before or it's the first time they're seeing something like that i think it's Mm. it's one thing to sort of say um like i struggle with i don't know say you had seizures and someone goes oh okay okay that sounds really difficult i can can understand that and then to actually see that kind of in play Mm. would be very potentially traumatic for that person to see i guess it's 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 a difficult one isn't it and i think i hope that when we we have conversations like this where people kind of discuss their experiences um that allows us to be less shocked and less kind of maybe traumatized by what we see and go there's an element of expectation of knowledge of education that this is what i might see from that person um and be able to kind of respond i don't want to say in a more appropriate way that sounds a bit unkind Um, just respond just respond in a kinder way I guess and maybe a more educated way
1: that's it because I mean I don't know what to say when people are having a breakdown I don't know what to say and I just literally say to them I don't know what to say but I'm so for for a lot of people with um, I I help run a group for people with uh, borderline and also with complex PTSD (laughs) and the one thing that was really apparent was that people just loved having someone who was like I get it I get it I don't know exactly what you're going through but I get it and having someone who understands you as well is a massive thing I think that's and almost having someone it's going to sound ridiculous saying it but having someone who believes you because a lot of people aren't believed when it comes to mental health that we're being told that we're being overdramatic we didn't have mental health back in our day yes you did um and all that kind of stuff so um it's just nice to have someone who goes like I get it and also have someone believe you Mm. that's a massive thing and to have I mean I get people who say to me all the time you can call me anytime and then I call them and I'm it's just not i i I love that they offer i love that they offer but they're not gonna help in that moment um and 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 it's it's one of those things where actually can anyone help in that moment probably not probably Mm. not but it's just really nice that people will offer to do
0: that i think that's the thing isn't it It, it, like you say is is showing that offer i think um it's my sceptical brain of going when someone offers that they want the they want the pretty version of, of caring for someone of like pop in for a cup of tea for five minutes and we'll solve it and then you can leave again and it's like like yeah. crisis might be I'm laying on the road and I need you to come and get me now yeah
1: exactly <laughs> um, it's like oh are you sure you don't want cake it's like no yeah. come on
0: <laughs> yeah it's not it's not quite like that all the time but I think yeah for me that's where like I say, having these conversations and um, having them with with peers, I think, with people that have experienced things that are similar, but also then starting to see those conversations carry out with people that uh, haven't had experiences with kind of mental health illnesses, with um, maybe certain symptoms, um, I think is really important. And again, I think, I don't know about your experience, but for me, sort of seeing it at times can also open up the the mind of other people and go, Oh, okay, I wouldn't I've had a similar experience or if I've felt some of those symptoms, mm. maybe they wouldn't be diagnosed with a certain illness. But because you've shown your willingness to kind of host and hear that conversation, mm. they then become much more open to talking about some of the things that they've struggled with. Um, so whether it's an illness or not, is kind of an irrelevance. It's just you've now got this open conversation. And
1: that's kind of that's kind of been the biggest thing it's been that people have been able to talk to me about things so that they wouldn't talk to anyone else about and I kind of go like okay why are you talking to me like 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 I'm sure there's like a medical professional that could do better than then better than what I could offer but it's nice that um we are able to have those conversations because I think it is whilst I, I'm I know that with um, my the group that I help run, there are some people there who are like, I don't like the diagnosis. I don't like having a diagnosis and all that kind of stuff. But it is a massive part of what you are. And the way I see it is like, if you were diagnosed um, with diabetes, being diabetic isn't all you are, but mm. you have to maintain that. But mm. you also have to maintain your health. Because otherwise you'll have a relapse, I think of it as a similar sort of thing um and something someone told me was um as well was especially when it comes to things like diagnosing and stuff like that if you if, for example, you feel like you um you have a mental illness or you have a certain thing that's wrong with you, and you're like, "Oh, um, I don't really." i don't think i haven't been diagnosed i don't really count as that But where i see it, you know you about be- you know yourself better than anyone you know what you're going through and you know what um what you're dealing with you live with yourself 24 hours a day like you know yourself and so i try and say to people like just because a medical professional has said you do or don't have this you do know yourself better than anyone and and if 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 you're if you think you have a diagnosis and you're like well but my doctor says I don't take it with a little grain of salt because there are you do know yourself and you know what you're going through and i think there's a lot of especially in the mental health community there can be a little bit of like my trauma is greater than yours that Mm. sort of thing um and it becomes a bit like that but i could i mean like you said your parents split up my parents stayed together it doesn't mean that we didn't have we didn't both have trauma
0: yeah yeah i think there's um like you say there's different routes that people go down different experiences and i think for me, for me, diagnosis became quite important to better understand or like mm. set the scene, I guess, of yeah. where I was. Um, but I, I do think for for the most part, it's it's important to also remember why we have diagnosis. It's for treatment. Exactly. It's it's I, I could be wrong. It's it's purely for. Um, being able to to say this is what you are affected by so you will receive this medication or this support or be signposted in this direction um you don't suddenly become a a depressed yeah you don't become depressed because someone's ticked a box they're ticking the box because of what you've presented with what like one does come before the other um i think that's quite a an important point to pick up on and i think um there are times when it's it's relevant to draw information um mm-hmm. to better understand certain illnesses because i think you can definitely sort of drift off down a, a pipe hole of google and, and kind of self working out what's going on yeah but that's i think if if you're working from a i don't know a more holistic approach of just what are the symptoms kind of regardless of the illness what are the symptoms Um, how am i affected by or what am i thinking about that's a really useful way i think to to kind of go forward and like you say to identify some of the things that might support you um the yeah the diagnosis is often it's a you're, you're picking up the key to get into the a service door you're still the same person once you step through the door
1: that's it. I think there's some people who get quite scared by it because of the stigma that's attached to it, or I don't, I don't really know. But um, I've kind of been quite open with my diagnosis. I've kind of just gone like, yeah, this is, this is, this is what I have. Um, I will say that it does make, especially with the NHS, um, if you have uh, my case is, what well, my illness is seen, I don't want to call it illness, my disorder is seen as like moderate to severe because it's something that will not go away um it's it can be managed but it will most likely live with me for the rest of my life um which was quite difficult to hear but it it is what it is and after 11 years I've got used to it um but because it is moderate to severe we do not if you say you have BPD, you don't get um, the counseling with the NHS because oh. because um, they offer eight to twelve weeks mm-hmm. and you we need longer.
0: <laughs> um, oh, I didn't know that's why it was that's I'm guessing
1: I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this is me that make, from, it does make sense yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it does make sense I think because I guess as the like the parallel road, to what you've just said um so I often hear that the like the support that is often provided is focused in on depression and anxiety as kind of the most common themes um that are present and so those are the ones that are most often treated which kind of matches what you've just mentioned in that I would say often those are approached with kind of four to eight week treatments um, and it might be that you kind of go back and do a, a, another lot of that, but it's often that four to eight weeks. So that makes sense when you're talking about okay, well, longer than eight weeks is needed to support, maybe more so than treat, but to support someone with a more complex illness, um, makes sense as to why that's that's something quite different. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 like I said, it's interesting having the conversations and picking up those other bits of. <laughs> of insight that's
1: it. that's it i mean this is um with my old work my old work was for a charity and they actually had a counseling service there and um they uh, actually said the the reason the reason that they didn't didn't do moderate to severe was because they weren't qualified mm. enough that it's like we're not saying that you are too much we're saying that we are not enough mm. as a service
0: mm. which
1: was quite a nice way of looking at it um, mm but i I don't know whether lockdown has kind of made things a lot stricter like um I dissociate quite a lot, so I um get a bit of like out of body experiences feeling like I'm not not real, I'm not here, that sort of thing, which can be quite scary, but they've they've gotten better but the beginning of lockdown um I wanted to be um sent to a psychiatrist just to have a chat about things, see if there's any a certain medication i could take or anything mm. like that or any particular service um i was refused by my doctor and refused by the psychiatrist because um, my case wasn't severe enough so damned if you do damned if you don't
0: that's it's the difficult thing isn't it i think we do we do kind of do all this work to encourage people to come forward and sort of speak up and seek support and then so often people are are turned away or or given uh, such minimal information um like i've had people speak about being extremely depressed and being suicidal going to see a doctor and kind of being given leaflets about services and it's like i understand the process that's happening there and the signposting that needs to happen but it just kind of breaks me a little bit to hear someone say i've sat in a chair next to someone else sat down I've told them this and they've given me a bit of paper
1: exactly and it's
0: just I understand there are limits and funding and stuff comes into a lot of things but on a human level I'm sure that...
1: someone's there saying I do not want to live anymore because that's the thing like one thing I realized was that when I was suicidal it was kind of like it's not a case of I want to die it's just I want the pain to stop I mm. want I want peace, I want mm. peace. Mm. and that was the only way I could find peace mm. I, in, I, it's the only way I could possibly conceive of finding peace and I mean I'm glad that i didn't I'm glad I didn't go through with it I'm glad I got help um, because um I, I'm reading like this really inspirational book which is called everything is figure outable and what the, what they basically said was like if if you have got a dream an idea if you've got a way of thinking that you are passionate about if you don't do any everything you can share that with the world Mm. you are stealing that from the world because there is someone out there who will love what you're doing and Mm. will be inspired by what you're doing and if you don't do everything you can you are stealing that from someone like if you think of even like in creative stuff like if someone hadn't made a certain film we wouldn't have another filmmaker who create something that is equally incredible. Mm. So um yeah, so the way I see it I'm kind of like I didn't get I didn't get this far just to get this far. If it, if that makes sense. When it, it comes does. To my life. So yeah, it kind of like it's one of those things where I'm kind of like I need to this this can't be the end that sort of thing. Um but I can but at the same time the fact that someone's sitting there and going I need this help and someone's saying like okay paper you yeah
0: got... I just I, I just don't know um but yeah I, I like I like you sort of talking about kind of utilizing stories and experiences and sharing knowledge as much as possible and I think that's that overlap between kind of what we've we've been discussing and uh and the musical and kind of the overlaps there of kind of utilizing that experience to To share it to a greater level to prompt those future conversations and projects and and support access um kind of before we sort of round off it'd be interesting just to sort of check in and see kind of um we've mentioned lockdown and and everything that has been the last year um kind of where you are with kind of your project and what you what you're looking at doing moving forward if there are certain plans or or ideas for that um in the future
1: so um at the moment, um, we are kind of restricted by lockdown, unfortunately. We we had a table read, which was lovely, which was basically just everyone sitting with the script. Uh, we played the songs, and it was just lovely. And we got amazing feedback. We got a West End producer saying, "What a great concept it is!" So, watch the space. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't want to jinx it. I, don't, I actually don't want to jinx it. Having said that. Um, but yeah it's it was just really lovely just to kind of have that space and kind of bring it to life and got such wonderful feedback so at the moment um we are looking at hopefully we're looking at getting funding um once the funding comes in um we are going to record it and stream it online because even though it might not might be september october time we bring it out in 2021 um but at the same time we don't know what restrictions are going to be like and we also found that actually online theater has been amazing like people have been able to see more shows the whole thing of like you don't have to leave your house and it's cheaper you pay for like one ticket per device great and like a whole family can watch it and it's Mm. still okay it's pretty good so um yeah we definitely want to do that um so at the moment um we have a fringe funder page which is doing like pre-sale tickets and then we're going to and that closes at the end of this month um and then after that we're going to look at um we're going to like start putting everything together and then um we'll get an album out at some point to get the show out so it's a lot it's a lot of waiting around with, and being patient which I'm not good at so <laughs> it, it's teaching me a lot
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds really positive though it sounds like you know I've seen quite a few things that are almost like postponed or indefinitely postponed or or kind of pushed back it sounds like you've kind of used the the opportunity to look at how it's Delivered and shared with people, um and there's still those opportunities for people to get involved to, like you say, kind of back the project or to look out for it and get tickets at a later stage as well. So there's lots of different ways to sort of follow up and and, and sort of see this performance as well. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to having it out there and just it will be really nerve wracking, but it'll be so exciting just to put it out there and just have people see it. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs>
0: it sounds really it's nice to have stuff to look forward to later this year as well and go we've got this online option so we, it's going to happen like we don't need to worry about all oh, how is it um how is it going to look are we going to be able to do it i think that that also adds a level of um or for me it would add a level of like comfort of knowledge like this is what we're working towards yeah. and it's not going to be changed by whether we can go outside or not or if only six of us can go outside or, or whatever exactly um,
1: have
0: something we have something yeah. to look forward to yeah definitely. yeah amazing thank you so much Catherine for coming on for sharing your your insights and your your experience and letting us kind of hear a little bit about um the musical that's going to be available soon as well there's lots of different ways to kind of follow up um if people are interested in finding out a bit more about yourself um where can they go um where's a good place for them to kind of find out about yourself or the musical?
1: Um well on facebook instagram it's at mere the musical on twitter it's at the mere the musical one um and yeah i mean i'm i'm the one I'm usually the one who controls all the um feed so if you do have a question, I've had a few people who I've spoken to um who um actually found my pa- found the page and actually Um, revealed that they suffer from a similar sort of condition to me Uh. so um it's been really nice um even if even if I can't help I can kind of go like okay have you tried this place have you tried that place um Mm. that sort of thing so yeah um so yeah and we've got on our um Facebook page and our LinkedIn and not LinkedIn Instagram um Getting confused with all the social
0: there's <laughs> um, Too many.
1: Yeah, too many. <laughs> and so on our on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, there is a link there for Fringe Funder. If um if you would like, if anyone would like to donate to that and and pre-book tickets i think we've got a few that are like early bird discounts so if people wanted to that would be incredible and that would help pay our bills which we would really appreciate but um but but yeah just just give us a follow definitely
0: thank you so much for coming on and for sharing everything today it's been really nice to sit down and talk with you
1: thank you so much for having me
0: These are not real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down.
1: So many people suffer from mental illness.
0: To get the word out that men have got to start talking.
1: So I told everything and her face dropped.
0: A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate, yeah.
1: It's difficult dealing with our minds and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people
0: say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting.